Here's what's coming up on today's show. I can't do something that says, take care of my kids, use the money for their college and medical bills and four walls and a roof, and then turn the money over to them when they're 35 years old. No Fidelity form lets you do that. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Hello and welcome in to Complete Estate Planning. Glad to have you. I'm Ben George. He's Nick Rosenbauer. He is an estate planning attorney and the owner over at Rosenbauer Law Office. You find him online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Today we're talking about the Halfway House Estate Plan. I love the title, Nick. Explain quickly what we're getting into today. Well, um, yeah, maybe maybe something a little bit catchy. So it's it has to do with with beneficiary designations, which obviously, Ben, we've talked about two, three, four different times on on the show here previously, and how it's a it's a piece of the puzzle. Um, but I run into a lot of situations, you know, with some of my clients, and frankly, there's other people out there giving crummy advice and you know, misleading people into thinking that, hey, you set up the beneficiaries the right way, that's all you need, okay? So we have people kind of, you know, assuming that, you know, that just getting one piece equals the whole puzzle, which obviously it doesn't. And there's some some traps that come along with that, um, but that's, that's pretty much what we're going to go into today about how, you know, it almost... Seems like a, a false sense of security is kind of the the cliche phrase that comes to mind. Well, I'm looking forward to the conversation. It's going to be a good one, I think, and hopefully you'll learn something along the way, answer some questions you might have, and uh, maybe make you uh, reconsider some decisions you made, or maybe put a little more emphasis in some certain areas. So that'll be the plan today. I got to quickly ask you though, Nick, uh, how was the Memorial Tournament? I know we talked about you making the trip. Were you able to get out there and did you enjoy it? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, so we did get to go. Uh, somehow no one got sick. The kids didn't get sick. Daycare didn't get closed, anything like that. Uh, so we went up there on uh, Friday. Uh, first time that I'd ever been to a PGA event. First off, uh, it was great. I will say that. I guess we did it wrong because I think, according to my wife's Fitbit, we walked like twenty-two thousand steps. Ooh, there you go. Um, and I think we were there for about seven hours, uh, six and a half, seven hours. Mm-hmm. And I think we probably sat down. We were probably sitting down for thirty, forty-five minutes tops. The rest Whew. of it, we were on our feet. So I've learned after the fact. Hey, dummy, you should pick a hole, pick a spot in the shade and watch people come through, uh, which we didn't do. But we had like three groups back to back to back of people we wanted to see. So we're, you know how it has been. It's the morning. We're excited. (laughs) Um, We don't know what the heck we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so we watch one group go through a hole and then we run back uh, to try and hit the catch the tee shot of the group behind them. Then we follow them to the green. Then we run back and do it again. And then in the afternoon, the afternoon tea times, there weren't a ton of, I guess, plenty of big names. But as far as people we wanted to see, there were only a few. Um, so in the afternoon, we you know, pretty much watched uh, Spieth and Ricky Fowler just kind of flip-flop between them and kind of followed them through the course uh, uh, in the afternoon. But, you no, know, it was a lot of fun, great time. 
Glad I have the sunscreen. Um, that's for <laughs> darn sure. And and Ben, I'll tell you what, some of those houses on these uh, golf courses. Yeah. <laughs> holy cow. Um, they're ha- I mean, they have these catered parties. Oh yeah, they spend some money. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and we one of them we actually saw, and then my wife was creeping around, found it on Zillow. It's like it's like twenty three thousand square feet. Yeah, they're yeah, they're enormous. It's crazy. But I guess you choose that when you live on the golf course. That's the the lifestyle you're choosing, right? That's what you're going. For. Yeah, and I guess if you have a PGA event and you know you can watch it from your backyard, you you have to have a party, right? I don't think you have a choice. You got to. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad so, you had a good time. Yeah. You got, yeah. You, you, I think the first couple of times you go to this tournament, you have to kind of get around as much as possible, see the course, but then you learn. You know, if you're there a couple of days, you can settle in, but I like to do that as well. If I'm going to for, for the first time somewhere, I like to walk the course and see as much as possible. But it is nice to settle into a hole and just kind of take your time with it. But hey, maybe 22,000 steps, man. It's very good. You got some, you got your exercise for oh, the weekend I couldn't, for sure. Yeah. I could, um, I could barely get out of bed the next day. <laughs> Oh, very good. All right, well, let's jump into this conversation today, Nick. Yep. Uh, the halfway house estate plan, you know, many types of accounts allow the owner to designate beneficiaries to receive the account after the owner dies. But you know, this can be quick, it can be easy. There's no cost way to pass on the account after someone dies. But the ease of setting up beneficiary designations can trap some people into assuming their estate plan is finished. So it's just one piece of the puzzle, but not the entire puzzle. So we're going to run through these categories you mentioned before and talk through them. So let's start with underage beneficiaries. You know, if somebody's not a legal adult and they can't directly receive that payout at death. Well, so here's something to be aware of on a lot of these that we're going to talk through. And of course, underage being one of them. There, Here's a lot of situations where either You can set up the beneficiary, but it's not really what you want to do or it's something you can't do. So think about it like this, Ben. If I set up my Fidelity account and I'm still waiting on you to get Fidelity to sponsor us for all the times that I I shout them out, and then I die, and then my three-year-old son is named the beneficiary, Fidelity is not going to write my three-year-old son a check. Okay, Legally, you can't. Okay, under under and here in Ohio, in most states, it's eighteen as the age of adulthood. You they can't legally own money. Okay, so you know I have two kids, fifty fifty beneficiaries. If uh, if I die today, we literally can't do that. Um, so it has to go through probate. Even though we have a named beneficiary, and you would otherwise not need it, but they can't give the money to the kids, so they have to establish some sort of a guardianship within a probate case uh, so someone can be the custodian or the holder of the money you know so basically you have to have a stand-in and here's the weird one Ben I've had this happen in cases where you know the surviving spouse so the surviving parent is still alive so if, let's just say I die tomorrow my wife's still alive but she has to apply for guardianship of her own kids that are already hers, but she has to get something on record and approved by the court uh, so the judge can approve her holding on to the money on behalf of the kids. So, yeah, Ben, imagining, ha- imagine having to file guardianship to get guardianship of what is already your kids. Right. <laughs> um, so it just, it just doesn't go well. 
Even though the kids are named as beneficiaries, you legally can't do it, uh, at least the way you want to. And then, you know, I've have other people say, well, the kids are 18. Okay, how much money? Is it a good idea, you know, to leave $100,000, $500,000 to an 18-year-old? Probably not. Um, but, you know, that's when it can be done, even if it's not the right answer, but at least right. it's legal at that point. Yeah, that's... Uh... It might not be the best decision, but it can be done. Um, that's okay. That's one category. What about those unknown or those uncontrollable contingencies? It's not great from the standpoint of you don't have options and you have to basically follow along with what they do. And sometimes you don't even know where you're headed. So you could have a situation maybe on your IRA. It, it allows you to name beneficiaries. So I could name both my kids. 50-50 beneficiaries. Um, but what happens if one of the kids isn't around? What happens with their 50%? Some companies will allow you to put a backup. So some companies will say, oh, if the beneficiary is not alive, their money goes to their kids, or you can pick who it is. Um, some of them have default rules that you have to follow. So there's plenty of companies out there or, you know, within a retirement plan where they have a default that says, you know, if, if one of the beneficiaries isn't around, their money will go to the other ones, like the game of Survivor, if you've, if you've right. seen the TV show. Yeah. And you can't change that. It's just that's what Fidelity says has to happen. And again, just using Fidelity, for example, here, which is crazy doesn't matter what you want, or some of them will let you give it to the descendants of the deceased person. Um, some don't, and a lot of times the plan rules or the, the account agreement, you know, what, what happens here is buried in page 57 of the fine print uh, that no one, that no one can, can read and understand. Yeah, heck, Ben, I've had plenty of times where someone sits down and meets with me, and they say, my son's named as a beneficiary. What happens if he's not around? And I honestly have to say, I don't have a clue what would happen if they're not around. Hmm. Um, and then also, you know, as far as uncontrollable, someone getting in trouble. So one of the kids going through hard times, you know, divorce, um, if they're disabled, if they're in the middle of a lawsuit, a bankruptcy, something like that. There's no way to protect it or delay the payout. Uh, from you know being put at risk or getting lost, so it just you're basically lighting it on fire, and there's not a whole lot you can do. There's no seatbelt, there's no airbag, there's no way to protect it. Yeah, that's some things, some really good things to be thinking about um, in that situation. I'm sure that pops up more than most people would think. So, got to be prepared for that. Um, our next one doesn't work for everything. Beneficiaries they don't cover everything on your list. Well, exactly. So. This is state-specific because I know we have people listening uh, all throughout the country. Mm -hmm. um, many different types of assets or accounts don't let you do a beneficiary. So we got the IRA done. That's great. Some states, you know, what about the house? Um, Ohio has some options uh, here about the house, but a lot of states don't. You know, there's no fidelity form for your house. Um, a lot of states don't let you do that for cars. Okay, so the, the car title... You can't put something on the car title that says, if I die, 
then the car goes in equal shares to however many kids I have. And if any of the kids are gone, then their one third of the car goes down to their kid. You can't do that, right? There's just, it's impossible. Business interests, timeshare, personal property. You know, Ben, there's, where's the beneficiary designation for your golf clubs, uh, your TV, your wife's wedding ring, um, things like that. Mm -hmm. That just, it just doesn't exist. Okay. Um, So the problem is people will, you know, think they do a good job and say, well, the IRA is the big account. I got that done. Well, but you didn't get all of it done. Going back to the kind of halfway house thing we talked about. And there's other types of accounts that allow beneficiaries, but it's limited in what you can do. IRAs, life insurance policies, they typically have more robust options. You can put multiple beneficiaries. Usually you can do contingents or backups. Bank accounts, you know, not so much. You could do a, you know, you could probably put one of the kids as a beneficiary on the bank account. If you have six kids, I know they won't let you put all six. So, you know, you have to decide which kid gets the money and then hope that they share. You know, with the vehicles, even here in Ohio, we have an ability to put a transfer on death. I can't put four people to inherit my car if I have four kids. Hmm. Again, very limited. Mm -hmm. Also, one thing to keep in mind going back to this, I, I have people come up with a situation and they'll question me and say, well, Nick, what if I, you know, what if I just put one of the kids on the bank account? Okay. So, you know, you're basically doing something even worse. You're giving the kid ownership of your car, your house, or your money. And so they can spend it. They can take it from you. If they get sick or get sued or get in a car crash or go bankrupt, it's their money, even though it's yours. So now their problems can cost you your money or your car um, or your house. Um, So I know people kind of mention that as well. Just the, the reason I thought about it was because that's what people do it with bank accounts and cars and houses. Um, again, also not a great option. Okay, so it just it either doesn't work for everything or it doesn't work well for everything. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. All right, uh, last one to think about is these beneficiary designations it causes families to compromise um, their wishes. Right. Well, exactly. So they 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 go down this rabbit hole of. We're going to get the beneficiaries set up, and that's going to be the inheritance plan. And then they get there, and they find out, you know, for the bank account, you can only pick one kid. Which kid? I have five of them. Um, You wanted to give the money equally to everyone, but we can't do that. What if, you know, it's something where it's not appropriate to give them the money outright? Okay, so maybe I want to give the money to the kids, but I don't want to give it to them yet. Some now, some later, or wait till they're 30 years old. You can't do any of that within a beneficiary form. Even the best beneficiary form doesn't say, I can't do something that says, take care of my kids, use the money for their college and medical bills and four walls and a roof, and then turn the money over to them when they're 35 years old. No fidelity form lets you do that. Okay, so they just name the kids outright because they feel like that's their only option, because that's the only option within the form. Um, They obviously don't get any advice on this. It's just fill out the form. 
no legal advice because you're not talking to an attorney, and then any other problems that the kids may run into, divorce, can't manage money, immature, um, being irresponsible. So all these protections and ways to do better and ways to handle with care that we talk about on the show every single time can't do any of it. So you you pretty much give all of that up um, just for, you know, it's like, you know, penny, you know, penny wise, pound foolish, so to speak. Um, and then people just do it and they almost have a little bit of hopelessness. They say, this is all I can do. And, and then they're stuck. And then usually that's as far as they go. Makes sense. So these are just some things to be thinking about uh, when you when you th- when you write down your beneficiaries and some situations where you need to think beyond just a, a name or two on there and just some things that could happen and pop up along the way. So if you have questions, again, best place to start, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can schedule a call with Nick right there from the website. You'll see the big button right there on the front. Uh, you'll also find all of our podcasts there, plus other resources, including the five essential documents of a complete estate plan and the estate plan checkup guide, as well as much, much more. So check that out as well. Nick, always good stuff, man. I, I appreciate it uh, and glad catching up with you. I'm glad you got to enjoy the golf tournament. Hopefully yeah, you'll get to do I, it again. Um, I, I know we were, I'm sweating it out there, just assuming something would mess it up or one of the kids uh, would, would get sick or, or daycare would, you know, would, would mess something up like that. But uh, no, it was great. We enjoyed it. Had my fingers crossed. So glad to report that we were able to go. Um, but yeah, for this, just a, another kind of false sense of security that people get in. And I think the best way to look at it, you know, just, you know, if we wanted to do a one sentence synopsis, mm-hmm. um, I think looking at the beneficiaries uh, is backwards. I think what you need to do in general is step back and just say, how do I want my estate to be handled when I'm gone? And how do I need to take care of the kids? And then secondarily look at what we can do, what we can't do, and how to do it. Don't just start from, you know, we we kind of have a square peg and a round hole. You know, you don't want to just come down to the level of what the beneficiaries can do. Find out what you want to do first and then talk to someone about how to do it. I like it. Good note to end on right there, Nick. So thank you again, as always, for listening to Complete Estate Planning. If you have any questions, again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is the website. Phone number to reach Nick and his team at Rosenbauer Law Office is 513-463-6789. For Nick Rosenbauer, I'm Ben George. Thanks for listening to this episode of Complete Estate Planning. Talk to you next time. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.